0: The moving Great World War I Remembrance Light and Sound show, which features images from our military history and are projected onto the facades of the former Dominion Museum and Carillion, will show every night until Anzac Day at our new Puke'ahu National Memorial Park. Today we are with the researcher and editor for this project, Daria Malisic, (laughs) who has lived through her own war story but still chose to look at the face of war while she worked on the stories of others. Daria, welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: How did you become part of the team to put together the spectacular World War One remembered show.
1: Ah, Well, I got brought in a slightly later stage. i I, I had worked previously with Sarah Hunter and uh, who had who was working with the Wellington City Council for the projections of last year's lest We Forget. Ah, right. Yeah, um so I edited those, uh, and this year's one, I w- they asked me if I would like to do the research for it uh, because they knew that I'd always said I didn't want to work with war and war stories because it right. was pretty close to home. But uh, I said I did want to do the research. It was something new that, that I hadn't done before. And then it just uh, naturally rolled into me editing it again as, as I was so entrenched in the stories. It was kind of uh, – it would have been – it was a logical way of moving – through the process to
0: have me edit as well. Where were you researching for these stories?
1: Uh, I, I, we went everywhere. Right. <laughs> we, uh, the Alexander Turnbull Library, uh, uh the Navy, the Air Force, oh the uh, 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 private collections, uh, Matt Pomeroy, uh, Glenn Reddicks. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know so many that we. I'm scared of le- leaving oh, any out, but, but there was quite a lot. Huge. Yeah, we really wanted to get a good scope of everything in there. It wasn't the biggest time frame to work with, no. but we wanted to give a nod to n- as many people as we could that were affected by the conflicts that New Zealanders were in. So nothing was off the table. We went and looked through as many sources as we could and as many stories as we could just to give er enough of a perspective that it did really touch everyone. It wasn't just the soldier on the ground. It was everyone back home and kids, women, Mm. and, you know, the Pacific Islanders that went right as well.
0: So who were the other collaborators on the show? Uh, So it was
1: a project by Wellington City Council who uh, had uh, Transmit Media with Sarah Hunter and... uh, Story box, right, and
0: gasworks, and uh, I spyglass. were yes. Obviously, the projectors, and, um, which is an amazing job. I mean, I haven't seen anything personally to that scale. <laughs> <laughs> that well, yeah, that's yeah. the first time I've
1: seen something that big right. as well. Uh, yeah. I think that the ones we did last year were. Uh, only on maybe two projectors, and on these ones, they have I think maybe eight plus.
0: Huge. It's really yeah. big.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the amount of detail that you get on these projectors on these projections is quite mm. astounding. So it's quite impressive to see.
0: And yeah. how do you feel about the end result? So you were there for the opening on Friday night? Yes, yes. The preview was on Friday night. Right. Uh, the opening was on
1: Saturday. Oh, it's uh, very
0: hard to keep up. There's been yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, but there, there. Yeah.
1: were quite a lot of people there on Friday as well because you see it. It's a, such a beacon in Wellington. You can't not see it mm. when it's on something's projected on the Korean. Um it was it was quite moving. I I hadn't seen it in a month and a half.
0: Yeah, had a bit of distance. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. So it was um, with all the animation that was put into it, and it it had grown from ten minutes to fifteen. Um, mm. It was just it was quite emotional, really. Mm. As you stand on Buckle Street and see it, it is such a huge um, platform to watch something on there, and all the detail is there, which is quite astounding to see you know I really thought I, I, I've been seeing it on such a small screen right. for, I mean, <laughs> for months yeah strange. so all of a sudden it was uh, big and in, in your face and you know it's there to look at you it was like a kind of like a mirror of you know oh <laughs> I suppose a very metaphorical mirror but also a mirror of our our own hard work that we've we'd put in so hopefully yeah it, um it does justice to what we were trying to – the stories we were trying to tell.
0: <laughs> also, there was some beautiful artwork from artist Michael Tuffery. Yes. And Tai uh, Taipa, nice. Yeah. And music yeah. from Ian Gordon.
1: From Ian Gordon, yep. Dropped. And we also had Bill Hammond as uh, his – some of his work in there as well. Wow. Yeah, it was just – all of the collaborations that happened happened quite seamlessly, which was really nice to see. Um It was – without the artwork i don't it would have been mm. very a very different story and having that take us through the the chapters of the new zealand conflicts was quite a very good idea and all to thankful Sarah and uh, Gary, they 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 knew they needed that in the story, and it worked really well. It really I believe. it
0: really does. It kind of mm. I guess it gives us some connection to now. I think yeah. that's what it does for me. Yes, and into the past, and we see ourselves. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, and then we've got a f- quite a few um, metaphors going through there, especially with the the iconic um, fan tale that um, Natai mm. uh, drew, and it takes you through a journey through. The entire kind of um, show and um, Tuffrey's work g- gives you such tapestry for it as mm. well. And then you have Hammond who gives you that stillness in amongst all the conflict where you can just reflect on everything that's happening. Mm. Ian's soundtrack just gives it that whole different life mm. because I hadn't seen it until ne- the very end when he came in and he gave it that just that extra wow. harmony. And it was,
0: yeah, it felt. Really well with the editing. Mm-hmm. How was that process for you, and what were the challenges with that? From the research, it kind of it, it f- fluidly made its way
1: into the editing suite because I I was already entrenched in everything, and because Sarah mm. was entrenched in everything, um, and Gary also we all every all all the images and the videos that were coming in, um, we just dug right in i i I got to working on it um end of november december and have been going at it ever since then and it became you know as it usually does in the editing suite it became the crux of the matter you have to get the story right before anything else can happen but we had so many elements coming in not just the images and the content but also also the artists who were making things for it um uh, oh, of oh art that was already made coming in, and then also the music. So it was all coming in and getting. It was like an orchestra. Yeah. We had lots of meetings, which was good. So we were all on the same page and could portray the picture how or the story how we wanted it to to happen, within all a very limited time. Mm. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a big joint effort.
0: Oh, mm. Sure. So mm. you would have become quite attached to a lot of those stories as well. You would have felt personally yes, um, yes. part of them. Absolutely. And that is a really hard boat to be in, yes. being in the editing suite. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: that's the that's the beauty of mm. um, finding something as a researcher and then being the editor and <laughs> making sure it stays for right, the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, it's a positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But luckily, Sarah, Sarah and I um, work really well together and yeah. we usually recognise the same things as, uh, as having um, the same amount of importance in, in telling a story right. and she was very interested in telling um, the story of obviously the, um, the Anzacs but also of all of... The, the soldiers the the navy the the air force and the Pacific Island soldiers and the Maori battalion she wanted to she really wanted to push mm. that in there and so did I and so and inclu- I'm sorry including the women and the yes. and, and the home right. front yeah um, mm. so we we both we all agreed on that and try to do our best to portray that as best we could that you know it doesn't it didn't affect one person it affected everyone. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's what what, um, our whole team really brought to it because there was such a diverse people that were working on it. I think that we all saw that
0: and kept at it, and I think that's um, how we got to the story in the end. Mm. So another thing, I'm seeing so much amazing work and product coming out of Wellington, because that's all I'm looking at from (laughs) all angles. But when I discovered that the other night, as we were saying before, I just thought on a global scale, you might have a better idea because you would be looking at other things that people are doing. Mm -hmm. How do you think that the Remembrance Show Mm -hmm. would rate on on a global scale? Well, it's very it's Kiwi. It's Kiwi. It's Kiwi. It's so unique. There yeah. are tons of light and
1: sound shows that I've seen and a lot of things dedicated to World War One and a lot of projections mm. dedicated to World War One. But because of the art and because of the stories that we have, we're so di- we're so different. Right. You know, it's it's our story and what we did and I think that's that's what, you know sets us slightly apart from the fact that um we have all these diverse, different stories from around the Pacific in our, you know, in our backyard mm. and that's what we tried to show. And I don't I don't think I mean we stand up shoulder to shoulder with everyone who's doing these um mm. things for World War One because I think we're all trying to pay respect and when you're trying to pay respect you don't you don't want to do that, you know, half full, you, you want to do that as well as possible because these are people that have died and have served and you know have been brave and there's nothing but you you want to put your best work in so I'm really glad that we um we were able to bring something that somebody can connect to you know because we connected to it
0: this researching is such an intense process it must have been going back through the histories of so many lives how was that for you yeah um that was quite uh intense Mm. I I went
1: well I basically went through all the New Zealand conflicts that New Zealanders have ever been in. That's how wide our scope was. We, it was obviously the focus on World right. War I, but we wanted to acknowledge the other conflicts that uh, New Zealanders were involved in. And right. so me, for me, as, mm. as someone who has lived through a war and been through a war and survived a war, mm. that was quite intense. It, we were, yeah, we... Came to New Zealand in '94 after being in a war zone for two years, so a lot of a lot of stuff got brought back up.
0: Right, I bet. Yeah,
1: just not even just seeing the conflicts, but it's it's the look on people's faces. I think right. I think conflict and horror and you know loss is the same on everyone's face. Doesn't matter which time and place, or it's a uh, it's very recognizable. Mm.
0: So you were born in Sarajevo, yes. Bosnia.
1: Yes. I was.
0: <laughs> Under what circumstances did you come to New Zealand, Daria? We came to New Zealand as refugees. Wow. Um, so we... How old were you? I was eight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I was six years old, and just after my sixth birthday, the war broke out in Bosnia, and uh, we lived in the we, Sarajevo, which was surrounded for two years, and we were you know, smuggled out um, and Somehow got to New Zealand in yep. 94. <laughs> yeah, well, not somehow, by a lot of hard work, by a lot of people, but yeah. we got here in the end.
0: Actually, I read something amazing that I didn't know until I was researching today, but that it was in 1914. That Sarajevo was the site of the assassination of the Archduke of Austria that sparked world yeah world yeah Franz Ferdinand yes
1: yes I've been to the spot there's a uh, Sarajevo seems to be in quite mm. the, um, a mix of different uh, boiling pots so yeah the Balkans have always been quite a it's never been a kind of settled region uh, mm. I grew up in peace and my parents right. you know lived in a kind of utopia until. Ninety until the war broke out. Really, right. have you been back
0: to Sarajevo since?
1: Yes. coming to New Zealand. Yes, we, I went back with my family in two thousand and one, cool. and that was probably one of the wisest decisions we ever made because uh, we we were basically Kiwis and. But I I didn't really remember what it was like. I mean, I did, but it it was no longer a part of me like it was a part of my uh, my parents. And my sister was only three when we came here, so she didn't know anything Mm. about it, really. So we went back as uh, teenagers and reconnected with everyone there and just fell in love with the place again. And it sparked... (laughs) uh, uh, this undying kind of passion to go back as much as we can because yeah. you do, you feel, at least we did, and I know for myself and my sister, we both felt like we belonged there. And that we belong here. <laughs> Our ideal situation would be if I could, you know, just follow the sun throughout the year, that's just spend what somewhere I here, that's what <laughs> I was there. Thinking.
0: Yeah. Do you have something that you tend to live with—a saying, or a feeling, or a little mantra that you have yourself that that you go into your every day mm. with? That's a very good question. Um,
1: my parents, I think, from even before the war. And I think this is why my parents are so strong is that they've always believed in putting others first before anything materialistic or before anything that isn't your fellow man. It was uh, our society is very social. And so they've always believed in looking out for your brother, your sister, your children. And that's how we brought up. I, I, we obviously went through a horrific time for two years, but I don't think that my sister and I felt it as much as we could have if we weren't in this safe bubble that my wow. parents made for us because we always felt loved, we always felt protected, and it was only the outside world that was the scary part. There was nothing ever in our bubble that it ever made us feel unsure of ourselves or of our parents. So coming here and after that, it's just it's easy to live live your life not caring about whether that cup broke or, you know, right, or, yep. or <laughs> what shoes you're wearing or, you know, it's, it's not that I'm saying those things aren't important, yeah. but it's um, you learn to put other people first and not anything else. You have to look after fellow man or the same atrocities will just keep
0: happening over and over again. I love your parents. Oh, me too. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> An amazing thing to do for a family—just create that that safe, loving. Time, Absolutely. No matter
1: what is going Absolutely. On yeah, they right. make you believe
0: in uh, true love.
1: Those two—they're
0: amazing people. Also, then doing this research, what and, and looking for a way to portray it. What what story did you want Kiwis to to take away from the remembrance show? I, I suppose I, in,
1: I wanted to work on this project because there was there's a human element obviously in every one of these stories, and behind the horror and the violence is, is that one person or that entire family, and I, I suppose I wanted to portray that or help our team portray this. Horror in a way where you can take away something from that is a positive, as a way of remembering it without mm. glorifying, mm. but making sure that it's never forgotten. Because I, I don't, I think it's good to put it in front of people all the time and say, "This is what happened," even though it was a hundred years ago, even though I was, I was only twenty years ago. Mm. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. I think that as humans, we are mature enough to sit down and talk to one another across the table and never have to resort to violence it never needs to be another Gallipoli. it never needs to be another massacre anywhere it it I hope people take away you know love thy neighbor re- really I, I I don't I just as a logical person I yeah. think that nobody ever needs to get to that resort ever again and I hope that the most most of the world I, I believe believes that also.
0: It's odd how it's <laughs> always conflict going on somewhere. And you always think, really, really? <laughs> <don't Yeah>. we? <laughs> didn't we haven't we moved yeah, past them? but have, we, have yeah. we not learnt yet? Are we not forward thinking enough? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I wish we are and that's my hope for the world mm-hmm. is I hope that we are as as a human race we can we can move past this and we can move past all the conflicts and not forget about the past but respect it and learn from it and not repeat it ever, ever again. (laughs)